When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This real suffering is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. What do you have against Cubs fans? What I have against them is the way they behave this weekend. When they see their guys go off and have success out elsewhere, don't give me the, the crying emoji on a Chris Bryant home run. I'm sorry, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Earlier on the show, Metal Arc Media NBA analyst Amin El Hassan. Coming up, NFL Network analyst Greg Rosenthal. Out of pocket podcast host Josiah Johnson. Plus, from Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Shereen Williams. And now, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome back to the show, hour number two. The show rolls on. We are just getting loose on the booch. <laughs> loose on the TB12 birthday booch. Let's go. Let's take a big swig of this. Yeah, yeah how's right. that chaga root beer this going is, this down, is guys? Bloom. I got the, the I got ferment chunga root beer. Sarsaparilla, I like that word. Do you feel the probiotics well, engaging let's, let's, your gut line? It's a beautiful out. thing, huh? Remember when Aaron Andrews just ran up to the huddle and was like, hey guys, let's talk about probiotics. It's such an unusual way to start a conversation. It has an interesting taste to it. The chaga root beer is good? I mean, I said it has an interesting taste uh, to it. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's good yet, but it might. Tom might Brady turning 44 years young today. Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, Around the League podcast, joining the show. Not sure if he's loose off the boots or not, but are you celebrating <laughs> TB12's birthday, Greg? Uh, I am not, but, you know, it's nice as a, as a man in my uh, early 40s to, to see someone also at the top of their career like Tom Brady doing well. Yeah, how does that make you feel to, to see Tom Brady at 44 years young go out there and probably have more, as many touchdowns this year as years on this earth? It's interesting as we're starting to get older than some of these professional athletes, isn't it? Uh, it is weird. No, and I grew up a Patriots fan, too. Uh, so it's more just, like, amazing to think that that same 2019 second half of the year, Tom Brady, uh, who was surrounded by really bad uh, Patriots players, just lighting it up as a top-five quarterback. I, I really remember a 2011 playoff game when they lost to the, the Ravens that people said, well, there's the end of the Patriots dynasty, and now here we are a decade later. <laughs> you mentioned the Patriots and uh, talking about what they have going on right now. Where do you stand in terms of expectations for this team to really compete with Buffalo in the division as well as make a run back to the playoffs in the AFC? Look, if Buffalo's defense looks like it did for most of the time uh, that Sean McDermott's been there, bounces back a little. To me, they're, they're the AFC favorites. They're right there with KC, and, and I don't think the Patriots stand up to that uh, on either side of the ball. But on defense, they've added so much talent. I, I think all the attention was on the offense, uh, but their defense was more disappointing, had a bigger collapse last year. And to me, with Bill Belichick's track record, the secondary that they have, 
and the pieces that they have in the front seven, like that should be a top 10 defense. That should be potentially a top five defense. So if they get a decent offense uh, out of Cam Newton or Mac Jones, I think they're uh, a wild card type of team. I think they bounce back a little bit from where they were last year. Greg Rosenzall joins the show. Ben Lines in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. I can't believe we're 48 hours away or so from football. We're going to have the Hall of Fame game this week. TJ's Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yesterday, Mike Florio was on, and we were talking about how the situation in Pittsburgh could turn pretty ugly pretty fast. What are you expecting from Pittsburgh as Big Ben heads into his last season? You know, Mike, uh, my old boss, you know, he's kind of a closet Steelers fan. He went to school there. He grew up there. I, I think, like, Steelers fans are thinking that, like thinking the worst-case scenario. I, I try to take a, a look back and remember um, this team won 12 games last year. If you just stack up their front seven talent on defense, I'd put it with any team in the NFL. If you stack up uh, their skill position talent, receivers, tight ends, running back now with Najee Harris, I'd put it with top five of the NFL. I also look at Mike Tomlin's track record, literally never had a losing record, and I, I think People are assuming that things are going to fall apart a little too quickly. The offensive line can't get worse. I, I'm not saying they're the AFC North favorites, uh, but I've just learned not to count out this Tomlin team, and they tend to do better in seasons uh, if you look through their history under Tomlin where people aren't expecting much. And I, I think they'll be right there as a, a potential playoff team. Let's head to the NFC, Greg. I'm a big Rams fan out here in Los Angeles. Devastating news, obviously, with Cam Akers. What can we expect from Matthew Stafford? I have no idea if he's truly elite, we'll get them over the top in the toughest division in football, or if they're going to be, you know, squandering to to make the playoffs. Yeah, I I don't know either. I I live in L.A. too now, and so my daughter's a big Rams fan. I I let her kind of jump sides from my Patriots. I um, I think the expectation's so high for Stafford that it's almost a little unfair. The defense, to me, is is probably going to take a step back just because they were so good and you're replacing Brandon Staley with Raheem Morris. I think Stafford is more of a test on Sean McVay because I feel like we know who Stafford was. If he was, you know, to use your word, elite, like we'd know by now. He's been in the league for a decade. doesn't mean he can't be incredibly productive and be a top seven, eight type of quarterback. But to me, it's, it's on McVay uh, to make this work. They showed a lot of faith in that offensive line by not making any changes. They believe in that offensive line. And I certainly think, uh, you know, from what I hear about Deshaun Jackson, how he's looked at training camp uh, and the receivers that they have, that they have enough weapons and they have a coach that I think has a lot of confidence in his ability to scheme up plays. But I don't see them as some heavy favorite. To me, that's the best division in football. And I, I don't see them uh, really any different than a year ago. The difference to me is that the 49ers should be much better. So I, I think there's three teams in that division that all have a chance to win the conference, and, and that's tough when, when you have to play each other two times uh, each. Greg Rosenthal joins the show, NFL Network Around the League podcast. Ben Lines in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, you went from the best division in football, the NFC West, who was no doubt the worst division last season, the NFC East. Uh, when you look at the NFC East with TJ's Dallas Cowboys, do you see them mm-hmm. as the favorite in the division, or are you rolling with Rich and the Washington football team? <laughs> I'm with Rich. I mean, it's his show, so I guess I got to <laughs> Come on, Greg. Here. I know, but, say whatever yeah, you want. He's not here. Come on, it's Greg. Like, you know, we could have uh, breakfast for dinner. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> no, I do agree with Rich. Although, you know what? I'm not a you – know, I work for the NFL. I'm not allowed to um, you know, pick these sort – of, but I can't make predictions. I, I'm surprised that the Eagles and the Giants – are such big underdogs in this division if you kind of look at the odds. 
Uh, to me, any one of these four teams could have a chance because things could go sideways with Washington. But uh, I, I've watched such a boring Washington team for 20 years now, and I, I think the talent that Fitzpatrick has around him, I think their, their offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, is, is actually pretty underrated, can, can dial up some good plays. Uh, that with that defense, to me, they are the favorite because they are the most complete teams. But if you told me we're going into week 16 and all four of these teams are near 500 and they all have a shot, and that's including the Eagles, who have a pretty good-looking defensive line, a great-looking offensive line, like that that wouldn't shock me either if this is like a 4-8 race. Greg, every day now, we're at that time of the year, there's a highlight that goes around from camp. <laughs> and it gets people fired up. I mean, Chris Brockman almost spilled his lavender kombucha because he saw Kyle Pitts catch a touchdown in practice. Well, but, but, Greg, you saw that Kyle Pitts touchdown. I mean, come on. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. So, Advice for fans not to lose their minds on any highlights or any, on the flip side, any injury news that comes out at camps right now. This is the time of year where fans' emotions can be very up and down. Yeah, especially this first week. So pads came on for, I think, 29 teams today. So Bill Belichick would, would say that this first week of camp isn't even football. Bruce Arians called it soccer practice and that it's still sort of in the evaluation and teaching period and literally the competition that they've been waiting for uh, since May when they were on the field at OTAs starts today. And so I, I never put too much into the evaluations of who's up, who's down. The injuries are different. The injuries, I, I think, are significant, and you can start to – you can start to look at some teams sideways, like like your cow, Cowboys, who who insist the Marcus Lawrence's back surgery isn't significant. He's been out seven months. Uh, Amari Cooper, they insist his ankle injury not significant. He had that surgery seven months ago. I mean, you you rehab an injury after a major major surgery for seven months as an elite athlete, and you're still not a hundred percent. Like to me, these are significant signs that we learn as this month wears on. Something to keep an eye on and. and and you look at the Colts today learning that, that um, uh, their guard, Quentin Nelson, is going to be out for at least a, a month or two. Uh, those are the things that start to, to set you back before the season even starts. Greg Rosenthal joins the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You can catch Greg, of course, on NFL Network and around the league. What do you got for Greg there, Brockman? Did you see this thread that Ralph Vacchiano had about Giants practice today, Greg? Like, what is going on over there? <laughs> And, like, Joe Judge just makes these guys run sprints like he's Herb Brooks. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I, I am amazed by it, um, that he made them run sprints after an all-out After ball. a you know, fight you said, on the field. <laughs> and not just a fight, because, you know, those, those happen at almost all training camps. Some, some coaches have it pretty locked down where you really aren't allowed to do it. Um, but that happens. But this one supposedly had, like, 20 people in it. And Daniel Jones, your quarterback, is is at the bottom. And then, yeah, you're punishing them by by running around the field. Like it's a fine line where whether you're going to keep your players uh, engaged uh, with that kind of attitude with Joe Judge. And and it, it looks like a team, you know, when when that does happen, that he doesn't have a total uh, amount of control. And, and that's what he's looking for. Yeah, the, but Greg, you've been someone who's covering the NFL for a long time. I would imagine it's just going to blow over in the New York media. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know we get we got nothing to do. It's it's early August. People are hungry. Like fans, reporters. We haven't been at uh, training camp in this sort of way now for for two years. So we're loving it. Usually, I like the fights when the teams practice with each other. Though that's oh, yeah. always like Chargers Saints. They practice every year. If you show up on the first day, you have a guaranteed couple fights if, if you go there for free. 
Yeah, but Jason Garrett, was, there was someone had a photo of him, and he had a T-shirt in the Giants font that said fight. It was like he was expecting it. <laughs> it's mixed messages. Um, maybe it's that <laughs> offense is, is frustrated, because from what I've heard, and, and granted, it's, it's the first week, no one's tackling or anything. That offense isn't working right now. The defense is dominating every day. That happens early in training camp a lot. But um, this is an offense, I think, under Garrett that has a lot of pressure on it. Uh, they added a lot of pieces. Kenny Galladay went out of practice with an injury today. We'll see if that's yeah. serious. But Daniel Jones, all those weapons. And you have Garrett, which you know I'm sure um, you know the Cowboys fan there is like, I don't know if he's the guy to like come up with a lot of creative stuff when you have all these different pieces on the perimeter that the Giants have. Oh, Greg man. Rosenthal joins the show, NFL Network, Around the League podcast. Yeah, Greg, Greg what, what can we expect out of Jameis? Is he really going to be the guy down there for New Orleans? And will they even I, I, beat the Bucks? I mean, come on. <laughs> I um, you know, saw Michael Thomas is going to be out for a while, and they have a great offensive line. They have, they have Murray, I mean, uh, Kamara, and they have Latavius Murray, and I thought, like, is Sean Payton going to be tempted here to start Taysom Hill? You know, he loves them, he's paying them, uh, run the ball a lot and rely on their defense. I think that's a possibility. But when you look at Jameis Winston, I, I try not to put too much in, like, he's in the best shape of his life stuff, but <laughs> he looks like a different person. I mean, he had to have lost 30 or 40 pounds from, from his peak. I don't know if that's going to make him a better player, but he's certainly got the arm. He's got the, the coach now. Um, I mean, he's got the production. This guy's, you know, put up 7,000 yards or uh, way more than that in his career of, uh, uh, 7.8 yards per attempt. they got to give him a chance, I think, because the upside is so much higher than you would have with Jason Hill. But I don't know if it'll be week one. Yesterday, Greg, it was just kind of understood and decided that Nick Foles is going to go replace Carson Wentz again, this time in Indianapolis. <laughs> Hasn't happened just yet, but do you see that happening? And is that the best path forward for the Colts now that Carson's on the shelf for a while? I, I don't see it happening. I think they're going to see how Wentz recovers. They're in no hurry whatsoever. And that if they did make a move for a veteran, it might not be Foles. I really think they will be cognizant of Wentz's feelings and inviting that whole trauma back uh, into the Colts. Like, I, I think they're more likely to look at a guy if, if they really need to, because Wentz isn't 100% like a Jacoby Brissett who, they, who they've had before in Miami, or, or maybe they call up the Raiders and see what it would take to get Mariota. But it, it's a mess because their offensive line right now is banged up. Carson Wentz, to me, is not a, an attractive starting quarterback unless he has his athleticism. He's got, his own, he's got troubles when he's 100% healthy. And uh, I, I think they've certainly won the award for kind of the worst week one of training camp. And I, I don't think Foles is going there. He pitched himself to go there, but he's got guaranteed money into next year. And I don't think the Colts necessarily want to pay that. Hey, Greg, before we let you go, a lot of talk being made about Tyree Kill versus Usain Bolt in a race. You saw DK Metcalf try and make the Olympics. Uh, came up a little short. When you're watching these Olympic games, do you think about which NFL players would do well? For example, how do you think Aaron Donald would do in the hammer throw? <laughs> <laughs> With like... He had been training his whole life. I could see it. Like he's got the footwork, which they kind of need on top of that strength. It looks like he would have to gain even more weight. I always laugh though when they talk about like the tracks and Usain Bolt and and the NFL players thinking they can compete. I mean, these track athletes, please let's have some respect. They they are no joke. None of these NFL players are going to be uh, competing with them. Marquise Goodwin, I guess, would be the only one I'd give a nod to who, who actually did make the Olympics back in the day. Who wins the quarterback triple jump challenge? Tannehill. Ooh. 
<laughs> Man, I think Lamar, like the rangy, uh, springy uh that he would have like approaching that um i feel like lamar jackson could do anything if you put him into basically any sport greg appreciate the insight on the hypothetical quarterback triple jump as well as football <laughs> games that will be played next month thank you so much i know i, I answered it very seriously you i like did, to, you really did question for, for what it was no expert analysis there's no other show across american sports media today where you're going to get an NFL network analyst breaking down Lamar Jackson's triple jump potential. Well, yesterday <laughs> we were place you're gonna get it. Yesterday we were talking about sports reporter Survivor. So like how would you do in Survivor, Greg? Oh man. Well, I always would back myself. I'm small. You, you Brockman knows. Uh, I'm a little guy, but I'm wiry. Like I don't need that much food to last a long time. I used to <laughs> run, I run long distances. Like I can outlast people, they won't see me coming. Yeah, but Greg, I kind of see you as a glamper. No? Can you really get down and dirty out there in the wilderness? <laughs> so you need that tent to be, you know, have Wi-Fi. I can't say I have a lot of practice uh, doing this, but I, I'm just, I think my mental toughness is going to carry me through. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, the guy loves guys. to compete. Greg. Hey, buddy. Greg Rosenthal loves, loves to compete. Loves you to never compete. hear guys who aren't professional athletes be described as, oh, you got to go out on a date with my friend John. He's a really great guy. He loves to compete. He's got a good job. <laughs> I'm adding that to my bio on Twitter, my Twitter bio. Loves to compete. Loves to compete. Greg Rosenthal talking about this mental edge and his wiry frame surviving in the wilderness. (laughs) I love making radio and TV with you guys in August, huh? We got Josiah Johnson uh, coming up next. I don't really keep the train on the tracks. Yeah, let's bring on uh, the funniest guy on NBA Twitter, Josiah Johnson. Dear friend, calling in next. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number, sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Put your hands together for the most recent Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You bet. You made the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're not even. In, you're not even. Uh, I, well, I don't even know if you're going to be in the league yet or not. <laughs> I guess we'll find that out. Yeah, we will. What did it mean for you to win the Heisman Trophy? That was a dream come true. I mean, it's it's still really hasn't really set in. It's weird. Um, you know, it, I don't say my life changed, but you know, just. Everywhere, everywhere I go, people notice me, um, stuff like that. So uh, I, something I've always dreamed of, obviously. So, you know, I'm not surprised by any of the reactions and stuff like that, but it's definitely a blessing. Okay. And where is that trophy right now? I sleep next to it. <laughs> it's on your nightstand? Yeah. So it's Good Morning Heisman every type, day? Yeah, tight. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's right there next to, like, there's a night table next to Kyler Murray's bed and the Heisman Trophy's resting Yes, right sir. On. That's amazing. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had it in your arms like you've been spooning with it by accident? No, no, there's no spooning. There's no, there's no Heisman spooning? No. And by the way, I would absolutely I I spoon I with the Heisman if I won the Heisman. I've only received, well, I have received the Heisman. It was asking for prom dates back in high school. I got the Heisman a lot. Oh, gosh. Like new, new fantasy name? Heisman spooning? Heisman spooning is a great fantasy team name. Now taking part in the Rich Eisen Show Throw Challenge. Kyler Murray, is this the first NFL Duke ball that you have thrown? That's an NFL. Oh, my God. You won't even answer that. Wow. Go for it, Kyler. Go for it. That's one. First one. Here we go. That's two. Kyler Murray, everybody. That's three. By the way. That's four. Those are all Duke NFL footballs. Just wanted everyone to know that. First overall pick. First overall pick. That's four. That's five. These are the footballs Kurt Warner complained about. That's six. That's seven. That's eight. Oh, my goodness. Here, let's get some. Here we go. Keep going. I'm off. You got one more? Hold on, it's getting, it's getting bad. Here we go, no. Yeah, it's getting bad. You yeah. got seven for first seven. Good enough. Seven yeah, out of ten. Yeah. Kyler Murray. Right, good to see you, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations. He won the Heisman and, it seems, the Rich Eisen throwing contest in the same year. That's a first. No one could ever take that away from you. I just wanted on the record that I was the first person in the national media to say that he would be the first overall pick oh, in that, that video. He's he's not lying, actually. Yeah, I got a uh, buddy who claims he invented blue jeans. I always thought that was a crazy <laughs> statement. But now I have a new friend that says he was the first guy to call Kyler Murray number one. I, look, well, here's, I'll, look I'll back in the you. national media. That was late January of 2019. 2018. 18, yeah. I was the first person to say it. No, no. it was 2019. Yeah, was I was 19. the first person to say Do you hear the it. confidence in his voice? Well, Do you see how the TB12 birthday kombucha <laughs> has empowered this man? I'm to ready. Normally, I, would, I would love to disagree with him, Ben, but at that point, Kyler was saying nothing, right? Even when he came on to the interview, he told he 
told us nothing and nothing. no one knew Which what he was going to do. Which makes for great television and radio. Oh, great it, television. It was rough because yeah. he was just rough. wasn't saying a word, so right. no one knew what he was going to do. And then when he threw, Brock was like, number one pick, number one pick. <laughs> it's <laughs> happening. Number one pick. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. I was uh, very lucky to be here during the NBA Finals, watch those games, do the shows with you guys. I will for always associate that Finals with this show. Yeah, and it holds sure. a special place in my heart. And it was amazing to have Marcus Johnson call on the show the day after he was shirtless, rolling through the streets of Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Like J.R. Smith. I mean, Marcus Johnson, <laughs> the five-time All-Star. Oh. Raymond from White Men Can't Jump. He's got the guns out. Shirtless. I was thinking, like, what if that was my dad? Like, how would I feel? <laughs> how would I feel if I looked on Twitter and I saw my dad shirtless in a championship parade? So I thought we'd get someone on the show who could answer that question. <laughs> so joining us right now, the king of NBA Twitter, at King Josiah 54 Josiah Johnson, who watched his dad shirtless celebrate the Milwaukee Bucks win. What was that like for you to see the big guy first, do that? First of all, what's going on, Legends? What's up, Legends? What's up? Legend? up, what's up? <laughs> hey, he's looking real good out there. He's like 260. We might have to get him tested for HGH, though. I don't know. You know, if he was in the Olympics right now, he might get banned just based on what's going on. Because he's looking, he looking too good for 65, so something's got to be up. Is he just on one when he's out there the whole time? <laughs> what was that like? Because you were out there for a game, yeah? So we went out there for game three, uh, me, him, my older brother, Chris. And uh, after that point, I flew back home the next day. He was going to fly back, too, but he had such a good, good time game three. He was like, man, I'm going to stay for game four. So we ended up staying for game four, hung out with Kareem, Dave Chappelle, that whole crew. They had a legendary group photo with all types of legends. Even Kendra Perkins was in the mix over there. So then he was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go back for game six, too. So went back for game six. Obviously, they won the championship. And then, you know, the city of Milwaukee just honestly really, really is a uh, Amazing city. They embrace him and they, they treat him so well. So at the G form, he was mashed down the city. Funny thing, he doesn't drink. He's been soaked since like 2000. So, you know, he was out there just high on life, uh, you know, turning up with the crew. So to, to see him out there shirtless, flexing, doing all that great stuff was amazing. Incredible. It's so great. It's so great, Joe. I got a six pack. It, like, it looks awesome. It looks incredible. Joe, let me ask you real quick before we get in this interview. You know, as most young men, we get to a point in life where we look at our dad and we grow up a little and we try to buck up a little and be like, yeah, I think I might t try you. Did you ever reach that point with your dad? And I'm hoping you didn't. But did you ever reach that point where you're like, let me see if I could take the old man? I mean, growing up, we used to hear all these stories about how great our dad was. We had we'd seen the Jordan picture at North Carolina with his poster on the wall. But he had a, a janky hip and he had a neck injury, which effectively ruined his pro career. He was able, obviously, to, to bounce back from that and play a little bit more with the Warriors and overseas. But for most of my life, I just thought my dad was washed. Because when I was like 13, 14, I was giving him buckets, giving him that work one-on-one. -on -one. But <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, uh, his parents and him did a great job of just documenting all his games. So we had a bunch of beta betas and VHSs. So I started going through them one day. So I'm giving, you know, everybody in the league buckets. Dr. J, he blocked Kareem's shot, which he's got on his phone now. I remember uh, LeBron came to play to UCLA. He pulled LeBron aside, pulled up that clip of him blocking Kareem. Just to sell LeBron, he was certified. But, you know, so, so seeing him now, you know, it's it just – and the way he's going, obviously being a Nick Smith Hall of Fame finalist, didn't get in last year, but we're super optimistic and hopeful that I'll be able to make that push and get on through. You know, seeing his game get the respect and love it deserves from guys like LeBron and Giannis and everybody in the league and being, you know, not be our first point forward, but the creator of the turn point forward is, is a tremendous thing, especially the way the game has evolved with so many guys like LeBron occupying that role now. At King Josiah 54, Josiah Johnson joins the show. You know him from Out of Pocket, 
Wave TV, Buckets. He's a legend. He was the writer on Mostly Football, the show I did with Martellus Bennett, which, as you can imagine, only lasted one season. <laughs> we're, we're happy to have him on the show. We're happy to have him on on a day like today when we, as basketball fans, are blessed with news like Andre Drummond will be backing up Joel Embiid. When you find out that information for what you do on Twitter, creating content around what's happening in the world of basketball, do you are you salivating? Like that's just a that's just a layup for you, isn't it? Ben, I used to it used to be a layup. I'm trying to change my life. There's a lot of a negativity and bitterness on Twitter, so I'm trying to be more positive and uplifting. Occasionally, I'll get my jokes in here or there. But I always say like this, you know, when I was first starting, I was able to do a lot of that stuff because I didn't have to worry about seeing these guys on the streets. But now <laughs> guys like like KD, Steph, LeBron follow me and, and love my stuff. So I got to be super, super cognizant of that every time I post. Because as you see, KD on Twitter is a, is a menace. So I don't ever want to be in his crosshairs or end up on the wrong side of a KD tweet. So I just try to keep it real respectful now. But occasionally, you know, I got to get my jokes in and dig in a little bit. There was definitely a lot of news yesterday and today that, that, that was worthy of some attention. So these moments, obviously, with the season now over, this is kind of like the last dance, the last hurrah to get these jokes off before the new calendar uh, basketball season. I appreciate your positive attitude, putting good energy out into the world, making people laugh, bringing joy. But I, I do want to lower the mood just for a moment and, and send my condolences for your loss. I know you're grieving that Alex Caruso is no longer a member of the Lakers. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a, it was a sad day in the city of Los Angeles yesterday. As you guys know, Alex Caruso, honorary light-skinned, embraced in all parts and corners of Los Angeles. You know, he himself said he, 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 does, he can't go to the cookout, but he can get it to go play. He can be within 150 yards of any cookout in L.A. Uh, you know, but Los Angeles Lakers fans love what he does outside of championship to the city, and he had to get his bag. You never want to stand in the way of a man in his bag. The Bulls got a great defender, just a high IQ guy that's going to bring a lot of value to that squad along with Lonzo Ball, a personal favorite of mine, you know, an instrumental member of the Ball family, and Zach Levine, a former UCLA Bruin. I'm, I'm super excited for what Chicago did, and they got a good one. I'm a little sad that I saw reports that the Lakers didn't even try to, you know, match the offer whatsoever. They had Caruso's bird rights and kind of just let him walk. But, hey, you know, he's getting that Della Vadova bag. Hopefully he'll have a, a better result on the court than Delhi did. What color Carmelo Anthony Lakers jersey should I get, Joe? <laughs> I would say go with that, uh, that powder, powder blue. That powder blue, you know, definitely, you know, we, we, Melo would be great. Look, you know, if we got room, I'm yelling sign Melo. That's the whole, that's the motto. I know if we can get that crew together, the Browns putting together the expendables. You know, as usual in these situations, a lot of people taking shots at them, similar to what they did, you know, in 2020 before the bubble. Oh, he thinks he's the GM. He thinks he's this. He thinks he's that. Then we're hoisting the trophy in the hardest championship in NBA history. So we don't have time for that. Right now they're saying we're washed and we're, we're a team of just full, full of old dudes. But when we win the ship, in 2022, they'll say it was a super team. So you know how the game goes and the goal post move. What happens to your timeline when you get a retweet from LeBron? Oh, so, you know, that, that was a momentous day. June 10th, uh, 2021, you know, went into the, uh, what is it, the Nets game. You know, just average day for me. I was going to get these players out, get this heat off. Ended up putting up a tweet. And, you know, not only from the co-sign from LeBron, but we went back and forth like three or four times and actually had an interaction. So, you know, from that moment, though, I knew I was going to get a lot of hate and bitterness from the mediocre humans who, who haven't been co-signed and called the GOAT by their GOAT. It's just, a, you know, a tremendous feeling. I think it's, for me, it kind of, you know, my personal life, or excuse my personal and Twitter, probably the greatest moment in my Twitter history. But now i got to build upon that because, you know, one is so close to none, so I need more co-signs now. I need more bags. I need everybody to get in line and really break bread. Josiah Johnson joins the show. Yo, you know, Joe, what's up? Out of, pocket, out of pocket, who, Wave the, TV. Who's the next uh, guy you're looking for to hit you with that retweet? 
Um, you know, probably Obama, you know, somebody <laughs> on that level. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would be nice. Just, you know, at this point, once you get with LeBron, it's like, you know, Oprah. I've obviously gotten the shout-out from Ava who, DuVernay, who I've done a lot of work with and, and worked on her show. So just to see the way that people are getting behind the moon and really just getting over with it has been great to see. And Brockman, I don't know if you remember, but I'm supposed to take your money at some point. We're supposed to have a shooting contest. I've been putting in work. I lost about 85 pounds since the pandemic. Got oh. my jumper back buttery, back buttery. So we need to go ahead and do it on the show. Rich can be there. Ben can be there. Whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm coming to take your bread, and that is what it is. What right. are we putting on it? Are we putting on a case of uh, Tom Brady birthday kombucha? I mean, these things weren't cheap at Air One today. <laughs> we could put a big face dollar bill on it. <laughs> Josiah Johnson joins the show. Anytime, Joe. I'm the, ready. The, the, the casual, the casual uh, name drop of Ava DuVernay we really appreciate because Joe's working closely with her on this Colin Kaepernick series. Where are we at with the Cap series, and what are audiences going to expect from it? You know, I'm hoping that they make an announcement at some point soon uh, when the show is going to debut so I can really raise these bags even higher. But getting the opportunity to work with Ava, Michael Starberry, who was the showrunner on the show and uh, was a co-creator of Legends of Chamberlain Heights with myself, and also obviously being able to just be in the presence of Colin Kaepernick, just an amazing human being, and just had such an amazing life. And everything he's done and continues to do to raise awareness about social injustice and all the other things going on. And it's crazy to me now to see all the stuff going on in the NFL with guys not wanting to get vaccinated and do simple things. And to see the way they respond to that versus the way they responded to a man who decided to do a peaceful protest to raise awareness for social injustice. And obviously Cap still hasn't gotten back in the NFL as a result of that. But I think this show is really going to spotlight and highlight just his life, how he became the man who he is. And it's going to be a really, really unique look at his life in his high school life and just kind of how he grew in the seeds that were planted early on that, that sprouted obviously once he became an adult in the NFL and you know did the things that he needed to do. You know, I'm very lucky to consider you a friend, but I'm a fan first. It's uh, how I first got familiar with your work. And to see you now telling sports stories across social media that make people laugh, and then working with someone like Ava DuVernay and a story of telling Colin Kaepernick's life to make people think, it's truly remarkable, man. I'm super happy for you and proud of you. When did you realize that sports storytelling was your thing and something you were going to be a part of? Uh, probably in the early 2000s when I was bench warming at UCLA. Uh, you know, anybody who could pull up my stats can see I wasn't the uh, the most decorated, glorified basketball player. But, you know, on the bench, we had to really entertain ourselves for hours during games, you know, to fight the depression, use comedy as a coping mechanism. So being in the locker room with guys like Trevor Reza, Jordan Farmar, Earl Watson, Matt Barnes, Jason Capone, and just a, you know, a cavalcade of just legends, you had to be able to hold your own, keep up and keep the mood light, keep guys, you know, really focused on the season. So, at that point, and then afterwards, working at places like NFL Network with Brock, where we, we first crossed paths, obviously being able to work on mostly football with yourself, where we got to do a lot of crazy stuff, and they almost couldn't bring the show back under what we did. I think we, uh, we offended a lot of people, but we raised the bar in terms of sports and comedy. So for me, everybody kind of looked at the, the social stuff and was like, oh, he's a Twitter guy. And it's like, really, Twitter is kind of the least of the, the things that I do professionally. It's the one that keeps me the most engaged, and it's more a hobby than anything. So. You know, I don't look at his work as just, you know, my job to entertain people, keep the mood light, especially with the pandemic that we've dealt with and are still dealing with. So people know they can come to my page. They can, you know, take a load off, just get some good comedy. You're not going to see me out there bickering about PER and all that other stuff that we got a lot of Twitter GMs and experts who don't get a single check from any NBA team but love to be on there, try to flex will do. I just like to keep the mood light and, you know, keep people entertained. You mentioned mostly football, the show we got to work on together. You wrote a skit that somehow had me doing a really bad Baker Mayfield. I had the full outfit on, <laughs> like the mustache at the time. Do you remember that? I don't know, that was a yeah. weird one. I don't remember the premise I, of it. 
I think I think we used to have a great time with those skits, basically because we didn't have a huge budget to do them. So we would literally go to the t-shirt store, t-shirt store down the street, get a a baker jersey made, throw you guys in and give you the headband, let you go run wild with it, and uh, no, just a great time. Obviously, that show didn't really get the respect and love that it deserved, and I look now even at, at what that show was able to do, and you know we had a great time. Obviously, working with Martellus Bennett, who's one of the most brilliant human beings on the planet, obviously so much more than a football player and doing such amazing stuff in his career himself. And obviously James Davis, another close friend of mine. Me and James actually went to junior high school together, so one of the, the top comedians in the game. But, you know, we're going to get the love we deserve at some point. Hopefully we get a banner. Hopefully we get our jerseys hung in the rafters at Yahoo Sports and Complex at both offices, the Beverly Hills, New York, Sunnyvale, and L.A. offices. Sunnyvale. And, you know, at some point get the love that we deserve. He said Sunnyvale. Uh, you, you look at comedy differently when you're talking about the NFL compared to the NBA. Is there a different language you speak when finding the jokes in each sport? Well, yeah, I mean, the NFL, those dudes are a lot bigger and tougher, so I got to be super, super mindful of it because, you know, if, I, if those guys pull up on me on the street, you know, I'm, I'm 6'8", 285, but I really, like, my hands aren't at NFL level, so, you know, if those guys see me on the streets, it becomes problematic in the situation, so I always got to just be super, super respectful of it, and also they wear helmets, so it's hard to tell what a lot of those guys look like, so you just never know. I never want to get ambushed or anything like that, so be respectful, but also just, you know, find a way to infuse the humor and comedy to the sport. Josiah, getting back to the world of basketball, you excited for some of the moves the Clippers are going to make this offseason? Where do you see Clipper Nation heading into free agency? I have no concern for the Clippers, Ben. As you know, it's LeBron James, Lakers. Obviously, I was a former Clippers fan until LeBron came to the Lakers. I swore full allegiance to LeBron in 2003 when he ascended from the heavens into the NBA. Uh, but, you know, if they can get Kawhi back, obviously, which it looks like it's going to happen, I think, you know, he's going to need a year to recover, but hoping that he, he's in good health and I'm not one of those type of people that wants to see L.A. teams down. I love the city, so I would love to see, you know, the Dodgers, the Rams, the Clippers, the Lakers all perform well. The Chargers still haven't embraced them. They're still a San Diego team. They just, they just play the city. They're not, they're not fully embraced yet. they got to pull up the Roscoe or something to get that full, full stampage. But, you know, you want the teams to be good. I would love to see a Western Conference Finals with the Lakers and Clippers, and obviously LeBron just smack them. But... You want the teams to be successful. I don't want I don't want the Clippers to be nasty. Then everybody beats them. And then when the Lakers do it, it's not a big deal. We want that to really sting and burn. And you know, rocking with LeBron has been a tremendous, tremendous ride. And trying to get championship number five. Obviously, he's already the goat. There's no debate about that, as you guys are fully aware. No, but we really just want to cement that goat stamp on LeBron James. I will say, look, I, I, Josiah was I the first person I met at my first day at NFL Network. Okay, I shadowed him. He taught me how to cut highlights and kind of do the thing at NFL Network. So his love for LeBron, I've seen it. It's real. It's not an act. Okay, he's been talking about LeBron as a goat as far back as I've known him. So that's twelve years. Okay, but Joe, I saw in a picture that you posted recently, one of your kids was wearing a Giannis jersey. Like, what's up with that? Do they have favorite players other than LeBron? Well, Brockman, as you know, my dad works for the Bucks. I do a lot of Bucks pandering. Uh, the city Milwaukee has been amazing to me and my family. Pulled up to Game Three, got major love. We were turned up at the Jockey Club with the big shrimps and all you all you can drink beverages and all you can eat. Shaking hands, hobnobbing, hanging out with legends like TJ Adeshola from uh, from Twitter, Kiki Vanderway, all types of. Always major love, especially for Giannis as well. My dad has a great relationship with Giannis and just is just so high on him as a human being. And to be able to see his development over the past few years. And to see him turn into a champion, to see him kind of get the slander that he's got. Giannis doesn't have a bag. Giannis can't do this. Giannis can't do that. Now Giannis is a world champion, finals MVP, looking to repeat. So we've got to keep the kids. You know, we're not xenophobic in this house. We show a lot of love internationally. We respect guys. And uh, had to get the Giannis jersey for the youngsters. Got a Lonzo, Lonzo Lakers throwback jersey, too. And I did a pop for the Wizards, so they sent me some Westbrook throwbacks. So I'm super appreciative of them as well. 
we'll, we'll take whatever jerseys we can get. We really want to. We're trying to bring those, those that throwback day back. You know, with fabulous and them from the, the early two thousands. <laughs> really, just have those five X five X throwback jerseys. Really in the mood. Is is Giannis the best player in the league now? Um, the best player not named LeBron James. I would definitely give him that that title and distinction. But look, Giannis has a very compelling case for that argument. You know, you can do that when you win a championship, you win a Finals MVP, you went head to head with Kevin Durant. Obviously, the, the Nets didn't have a full squad, but that doesn't matter because I'm I'm hearing the same chatter about the Lakers, who were literally an AD injury away from from winning another championship. So the game is the game, as as they said on the wire, and uh, you got to you got to play with what you have. Giannis and the Bucks went out there and did it. You know, they say he doesn't have a true superstar, but I think Chris Middleton really came into his own. Drew Holiday, obviously a UCLA guy who was kind of playing a little wishy-washy earlier in the playoffs but came through and is now helping to lead Team USA, hopefully to a gold. So they've got a super strong squad. Bobby Porter's obviously just a living legend, you know, coming back. So I'm, I don't know if they're going to be able to repeat if the Lakers are healthy, but I'm looking forward to that Lakers-Bucks 2022 finals because I'll probably have more love in Milwaukee than L.A., but I will be at multiple games. Hey, last thing, Joe, before we let you go. Are the rumors true that your co-host, Zach, on Out of Pocket is going to start wearing mesh shirts now that Russell Westbrook's a Laker? Is that true? <laughs> Zach, I mean, Zach, mesh shirts, nipple rings, uh, you know, the, the whole gamut. He's going to get some more tattoos, you know, of just random random meanings. But, you know, super, super, super great to work with him on, on Out of Pocket and thankful to the folks away for giving us a look and letting us really go do the show that we want to and talk as wild and reckless as we want and do, do the things we've done. But, you know, you know, we're gonna really get it in. The mesh shirts might be in, man. I think Westbrook, you might have the crop tops, you might have all types of just fashion statements being made, and I'm here for it. I love Russ. Obviously Russ a UCLA guy I've known Russ a long time. And for me it's really troublesome to see the slander that he's received throughout his career, just knowing how much of an amazing human being he is. And I think anybody who really knows Russell Westbrook's story would be just, you know, have no reason to hate on the guy. Like the guy's just, you know, grew up in LA. The things that he's done, the things that he's seen, being an underdog, you know, not being a highly touted recruit coming out of high school and turning himself into one of the greatest players, I would say, in NBA history, the only player to average a triple-double in multiple seasons. Obviously, he's done it four times. And Russell Westbrook has made triple-doubles essentially look like nothing now. you got people that, that treat triple-doubles what used to be this you know, amazing, untouchable thing now, just like, oh, no big deal because Westbrook did it. But I think he's going to fall in line with the Lakers. I think LeBron and AD were smart for bringing him in. And if you're a Lakers fan, you should be super excited to have Russell Westbrook in the city, along with Trevor Reza, a guy I played with at UCLA. Trevor Trevor might be a little old, but he's been chilling the past few years, so he's going to really come out here and get it, really do it, put on for the city. Hoopmasters legend Trevor Reza back in the building. I'm super stoked for the crew. I love the energy, Joe. You're so positive, man. It's infectious, like the DJ Khaled of NBA Twitter. I love <laughs> it. Keep it positive, We're man. The best. Good, out here doing it. Good stuff, Joe. Thank you for uh, spending some time, and I hope uh, Zach takes you up on those uh, mesh shirts and nipper rings. That'll be good for the pod. Are you gentlemen stay black and stay blessed? Always, Joe, always. <laughs> Josiah Johnson, King Josiah, 54. What a legend. Absolutely. So great to see people get their flowers and have success. Yeah. And you see, you, you and I, Chris, have been around a while. And TJ, you know, you're around these folks who are grinders. He's, had, he's helping Brockman edit highlight packages. And now he's writing TV shows with Ava DuVernay. And, and you know, they talk about the legends of Chamberlain Heights, his, his show on Comedy Central. Uh, I remember when he first showed me some of the edits and the, the, the storyboards and the concepts way back in the day. And it was just, it was hilarious then. And to see the grind, like the long, painful grind to get that on the air, to get it, to get it sold, to get it finally on the air, and to finally have it, you know, be a hit as it was. Man, you got to respect people for sticking it out and just grinding and never giving up and like staying positive like you heard. 
one of the best people I've ever met. Uh, Reinvention is the path to self-discovery. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and you're not getting the same the results you want, then you got to switch it up. You got to reinvent yourself. And Joe was able to do that. And not every basketball player who goes to UCLA can go off to the NBA. You know, he's able to build a career for himself as a comedian, a writer, a content creator, and he's still reinventing himself. So huge Josiah fan and anybody who, uh, <laughs> whose dad rolls down Main Street of an NBA parade with his shirt off. You just got to show love to that family. That's incredible. Um, all right, we've got a lot more show coming up. Shereen Williams going to check in in about 40 minutes or so, talk a little uh, NFL football, and uh, we'll, get, we'll get more into some NBA free agency, plus some Olympic talk too. Ben Lyons in for Rich. The Rich Eisen Show rolls on. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What does a bye week look like for you, Tom? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know what we have planned. I'm, I'm going to try to get ahead on any. That's what I'm going to try to do. Okay. It's not a lot of, uh, it's a little bit of sleeping in, a little rest. Are you able to sleep in with young kids, though, Tom? Are you able to do that with daylight savings and all that sort of business? No, not much at all. Yeah. They're, they're up at 6 o'clock today changing oh. diapers, so it's 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 still a uh, early morning for me, but... Um, there's nothing like it. There's you know, there's nothing like winning a game and then coming home and having your kids there and uh, just wrestling with them and waking them up in the morning. So, well, I don't know. If, um, yeah, I don't know if you have a little more time to do that this week. Yeah, you do. I don't, but I don't know if you're aware. Um, you know, obviously Gronk was playing great. You were playing great against Denver, but as you were playing that game, my kids were baking uh, Patriots sugar cookies, Tom. <laughs> And, you know, Cooper and Zan were wearing Brady jerseys throughout the whole year. That might have been some of the wind beneath your wings on Sunday, Tom. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's, so how did, how did the sugar cookies turn out? Well, they, they, they turned out pretty well. Um, they, they can travel if you want. I mean, um, Coop, and, Coop and Zan, you know, would give you the shout out in that regard. It doesn't get any better now. I have enough sugar in my house. Believe me, we don't need any more <laughs> imported sugar. They were yeah, bouncing off the walls in the every drawer in the house. They were bouncing off the walls in the fourth quarter. Come to think about it, Tom, uh, that was uh, that might not have been a very wise choice towards the end of that. Um, yeah, so, it's so, to be expected. Yeah. So, um, last question for you, Tom. I, I mean, what what would another Super Bowl 
championship do for you? Just you, Tom Brady, the player who was drafted 199th overall, won three very quickly. What would it do for you here this stage of your career? Well, it's a great question. I I think when we when we won earlier in my career, I didn't quite realize how hard it was to win it. You know, we we've been there two other times and not closed the deal, and it's just a it's a it's a very very hard thing to do. And I didn't quite realize that at the end of the 2004 season. And I think 10 years later, with a lot of reflection, I realize how hard it is and how much I appreciate what we did accomplish and then if we were ever to do it again which i sure hope we are then uh you know how much i would continue to appreciate it because that's why we play that's why we you know that's why we work hard. that's why we sacrifice that's why we work hard that's why we play with pain that's why you go through the whole conditioning program and training camp is to is, is for that one goal and you know anything short of that is uh you know based on my experience is uh it leaves a lot to be desired, and that would be great to be able to finally close one out if we ever get that opportunity. All right, welcome back to the show. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. It's such a thrill to come in here and hang out. The challenge for doing this show, I got to be honest, is to not get lost in all of the items you have in this studio. <laughs> We're here in Southern California in the Rich Eisen yes. Studios, yes. and I'm, I'm working on the show. I want to talk about the Olympics, or I'm figuring out which questions to ag- ask Greg Rosenthal from the NFL Network about football, and I'm just staring at a box of Terrell Owens O's. <laughs> By the way, autographed. <laughs> autographed. Oh, get it right. They're T-O's. T-O's. <laughs> Right. Um, As I, I lift up my Better Call Saul coffee mug. And I told going. you the experience last time I was on about playing on Terrell's uh, basketball team and yes. how that was awful. And yes. at first you yeah. thought, wow, it's so cool. T.O.'s on our team. And then by week seven, you're like, man, this guy showed up again. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of Jose, some amazing <laughs> items in here. Some wild stuff. Yes. Yo, we have all kinds of crazy stuff. We have the uh, Game of Thrones board game signed by four or five members of the show. Is there is there a, a, a philosophy of what gets put up? Is there a, a set of rules, or is it just you know you know? Well, I mean, we each have our individual stuff at our desks, so it's just like whatever you, whatever tchotchke you want to put. Yeah, up there, next time, next next Tuesday, I should come in with my Anthony Mason rest in peace signed bowling pin. There you Nick's go. Bowling night. Please do. Yeah, that no would doubt. that would be fantastic. And I know my wife would love to have it out of the house. So a win win. Well, that's how a, most, of this, stuff that's how most of this stuff is here. Because yeah. yeah. Susie didn't want it in the house, so Rich had to bring it to the studio. No, this this feels like in knocked <laughs> up when there's the earthquake and Catherine Heigel realizes she's about to have a baby with this with guy. A child. <laughs> and the earthquake has destroyed their home and they're going through all this stuff and she pulls out a giant samurai sword. <laughs> yes. Yes. So yes. I had that same experience when we we were moving and we were going through the garage and my wife said, Ben, ben what's this? And it's a giant Nick's foam finger, like a giant oh, yeah. one, you know, like the incredible Hulk one. Sure. I was like, oh, I'm just saving it to put in the Rich Eisen studios in six years when they asked me yeah, to guest host that summer. We have a Rock'em Sock'em robot signed by Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. who's fighting coming up. Is he really? Yeah. Is yeah. it a real fight or one of those celebrity fights? I believe it's a real fight. It's a real fight. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about boxers boxing at that age. Doesn't seem like the smartest idea. Seem, seem great. He's got a statue outside Staples. He does. He's got a tequila line with Mario Lopez. What else do you want? 
I can't think of anything I would want less than a tequila wine. With Are you kidding? Lopez. You know what kind of what? Mario Lopez tequila? First of all, timeless. With tequila or Mario Lopez? Both. <laughs> Hasn't aged since, since Saved by the on Bell. The, on the all-not-aging team. It's incredible. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, some, some, some incredible stats, uh, which we weren't speaking of, Fournier <laughs> is one of only eight players in the league you to average more than 6.3 uh, three-pointers while shooting 40% from downtown over the past two seasons. The other seven, Steph Curry, Duncan Robinson, some Bogdanoviches, and uh, Kyrie Irving and Paul George. So he's in good class. Good company, Evan Fournier. Look, I wanted him back in Boston. I don't think we got the full Evan Fournier experience because of COVID and uh, the way that affected him down the stretch. But I think if you've seen in the Olympics, he's a really good player. He can create his own shot and he can get you 20 a game and not even think about it. And I think he's going to have a real good run with the Knicks. I got to be honest, though, little concerned with the quotes coming out of Tokyo uh, from Evan Fournier today. Not uh, interested in being with the Knicks? No, they asked him about it and he said, I'm pulling it up here. He said uh, they had a good season and they had a really good spot open. I thought, I could help. And yeah, God, it's freaking New York. No, don't go out. Live in Westchester. <laughs> the meatpacking district is closed. No, New York. It's, come on, New York's dead. What are you talking about? So he's really <laughs> excited for the nightlife, it sounds like. Fournier. Oh, that's the surprise. When J.R. Smith went to Cleveland and goes, wow, they only have video games in practice here. This place is amazing. Say, oh, th- this is the guy who shot 28% on Sundays at the Garden. Gotcha. The city, the city is going to be the downfall for them. That's why I think when you play, like like Aaron Rodgers said, like no one's vacationing in Green Bay. They're going there to play with him. Uh, that's kind of what you want. Like, And now, you know, the guys are all like friends. And so, hey, you're coming in from Atlanta. You're coming in from Indiana. Like, I'll take you out in New York. I'm Evan Fournier. I know all the French spots in the city now. Ugh, fashion week's coming up, dude. Not good. But here's the thing. It's not like it's not like they're going to work at nine o'clock. Like game time is seven, seven thirty, eight, depending on yeah, if the practice, the night game. practice facility up in Westchester. You gotta get a little traffic on the BQE. We gotta get there, get there early. With the uh, walkthrough, I mean, oh, it's freaking New York. Yeah, it is New York, Evan. <laughs> be You're already pissed? I'm gonna be You're there. already <laughs> upset with the signing of Evan Fournier. Like you just got him. <laughs> I, I am, I'm happy with the Knicks moves. I'm happy with the moves the Lakers made. I'm happy with, I'm like a mean. I feel really good about a lot of these decisions for these teams. I really like the, the Andre Drummond addition for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers because I know that makes TJ a little uncomfortable. No, I mean, what's nothing uncomfortable. Right, he's cool. just going to, it's plug and play. Dwight Howard's gone. Drummond comes in. He's not starting. He's not going to get over 20 minutes a game. He's going to play backup and hopefully grab some rebounds, play some semblance of defense. And it's dope that they pat they they said goodbye to a guy who has 12 snakes and said yes to a guy who loves kimonos. So I just love <laughs> love the addition Wait, of who Drummond. Who's the 12 snakes oh, guy? Oh, Dwight Howard's a big snake guy. Oh, really? Oh yeah. No, I I I think I could tell his story. You know, for years I'd be um I'd be I'd be hard on Dwight Howard here in Los Angeles, you know? Uh, I would say that hey, I think he's maybe interested in going on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I think that's why he came to LA. He wants to do the Gangnam style dance. And sure enough, two years later, when I did a shoot at his home in Houston, I had no idea. In the middle of his living room, he's a giant Lego bust of himself in an Ellen DeGeneres basketball jersey. What are the odds? 
And he has snakes just around the house. Like, like free? They're not like in cases or anything? Not when we were there. They were just out. What? So he's, he owns this, the largest private farm in Georgia. Dwight Howard's a fascinating guy. What? And uh, he's coming back to L.A. for the third time now. Didn't he come back for a third time? I can't think of any time that's happened in, in NBA history where a guy's come back for a third time. No. Man, I'm going to think about this for the rest of the yeah, show. Yeah, and I'll pull now. up the, uh, the photograph I have of the giant uh, Lego statue made of Dwight Howard <laughs> in an Ellen DeGeneres basketball jersey that I have. I'll find I'm, that out there. I'm the really break. more into the snakes. I, yeah. want, I want to talk about this in the Peacock only Incredible. section. We got, uh, what else we got on the show today? Oh, Shereen Williams is calling in. Yes, talk a little football. But we got to break down some of this NBA free agency coming up next because we got derailed with my <laughs> concerns of Evan Fournier's love of New York nightlife. Unbelievable. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. On the Rich Eisen Show, hour three coming up. What's what's the one still on Peacock here? What's the one uh, exotic pet you would never want to have? So like Dwight Howard's a huge snake guy. I don't know if you're afraid of snakes or anything, but like, would you get a lizard? Would you get a big Komodo dragon? Of a piranha? Like what? what I'd be most afraid of. I think it would be some type of rodent because it could get out and then it could have other like rodent babies and be in my house. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be into that. Um, I'm not really into like the exotic animals in your in your home. And we all saw Tiger King. That didn't end well. Every summer, there's some guy in the New York Post who's like, he had an alligator in his apartment, and the neighbors didn't know. And that weird smells out of there. Because no, I'm not. I mean, I, I I'm getting to a place in my life where now I am comfortable around dogs. Oh, you're not a big dog. I was person. not a big dog guy for okay. the longest, and now Did you have I'm, an experience as a kid. I mean, I had a gerbil named Marv, who of my friends' dogs like ate when I was a kid. So that probably was named for imprinted. Marv Albert. Obviously, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was ten years old. So uh, yeah, that probably imprinted me on some level to be afraid of dogs. I like how fast they are, so quick. They move around my ankles. You know, you chill out, bro. <laughs> Depends how big. They, I mean, a big dog doesn't oh, move a big, that fast. Dog. A big fast dog. I, I, that's where I still really struggle. But uh, well, we have a big fast dog, and it's. The, but the exotic animal thing. Uh, who, are there any other athletes who are like in, into animal collection and have a lot? Because I know Dwight Howard is known as a, a guy who's got like twelve snakes. That's a big thing. Athletes mm. kiss. I remember when I first moved to L.A., I had a friend named Steve, and everyone would t- say that Steve had a lynx in his backyard. And so every time I heard a it, lynx? I just assumed it was like golf links. Like, that's what I thought. <laughs> then I went to his crib, and no, he literally in his backyard had a lynx, a cat. Like, no, and, and would let no, this, no, no. Let homeboy creep around the kitchen and stuff. And nah, I was like, nah, not happening I'm, I'm in Lions household. No I'm way. Good. Like you, you, talk, you mentioned the alligators before. Like, you... you you're used to seeing them in, like, Florida. Like, dudes will just have alligators in the bathtub. But whenever that happens in a big city, and you're like, wait, my neighbor had an eight-foot gator in his apartment? Yo, I was at a farmer's market in Chicago last week. On a Saturday morning, this woman was casually walking her pig through this farmer's market. <laughs> if, you, if you're, if you're fam- such a, like a, such a hipster flex, like a farm-to-table <laughs> neighborhood to come through with your own pig. Farm-to-table. If you're a fan of the show Atlanta, you have to check yeah. out uh, the Alligator oh, Man yo, episode. the Alligator Man episode. Williams he crushes, crushes Did he get it. all the awards for that? He deserved it. No, he got any, but oh, it was amazing. Man. Alligator it's Man. another weird show here on Peacock. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 